Hello and welcome to another edition of Lit These Days. I'm Jessica. I'm not. Sorry, I've just really wanted to do that. <laughs> I'm Adam. And we're your hosts. And um, this is a, a podcast about books. And we talk about the books that we have finished reading, the books that we're currently reading, and we give book recommendations to our listeners who ask us for them. I have nothing fun to talk about for this episode. Oh, no. No. Well, actually, I kind of do. I started a new job, so that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. If anyone's looking for a house in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area, hit me up. Just email me because I work for a success home team in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area now. So that's fun. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess we can go new- into. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say new jobs are always a always a fun thing to tackle. Yeah. I can't wait to do the same. And the what I was telling um, you, Adam, earlier was that they're very focused on the power of positive thinking at this job, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And they have a list of words that we're not allowed to say while we're in the office. So we can't say the word but. We have to say and. <laughs> we have to say ass. <laughs> so far, saying the game to mind. <laughs> um, and then what, what were the other ones? Uh, we can't say that we're stressed. We have to say, or we can't say that something is stressing us out. We have to say, that is fascinating me and things like that. So that's fun. It'll be, it'll definitely be something that I'll have to get used to. But I think that. Do you have like and, a jar, like a swear jar for if you accidentally say one of the, the negative th- things? I'll have to suggest that, but maybe I'll suggest it when I am better at not saying those words. So I don't have to put a <laughs> bunch of money into it. Okay, so we can go into what we finished reading for this week. For this episode, I finished reading This Jade World by Ira Sukrungrang. And like I mentioned in the last episode, this book is about a man who married an older woman when he is 21. She was 30. It's not like she was 90 years old. So He's, ro- he's robbing the Craftmatic adjustable bit. <laughs> I have never heard that before, but that is that is a a good analogy. Um, That's one of my wife's one of my wife's favorite stories about me <laughs> is she's like a couple months older than I am when we first started dating. She she said, "How how do you feel about dating an older woman?" And immediately that's what came into my head. <laughs> like I'm robbing the craftmanic adjustable bed. I'm gonna have to say that to my boyfriend now because he is about not quite five years older than me. So I'm gonna have to say that yeah. to him now. <laughs> He hates it when I make fun of him for being older than me, but I'm like, <laughs> you're fine. But so, so I do it more often, so it bothers yep. him. But anyway, so <laughs> he married an older woman, so his identity is very much tied to this woman. And then after 12 years, she asks him for a divorce via a letter, which is interesting. It's like, is it better than text? Is it worse than text? Who knows? Um, <laughs> to whom it may concern. Yes, <laughs> it's how it's how it's written. Yeah. Uh, Like I said in the last episode, I think that it's a good book. I think that it does a lot of interesting things with switching uh, point of view, or is it point of view, or um, like first person to third Mm -hmm. person. Point of view. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that I'm the target audience for it. Like I'm not married and I'm not divorced. And so you kind of watch these two people slip away from each other and watch their dissolution of their marriage but it's not something that i could connect to because i'm not in that situation i do think that it's worth a read though like i would give this you know three and a half stars um Mm -hmm. just not something that 
I'm at a point in my life where I can really be like, wow, this is amazing. I can really resonate with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I wonder, I'd have to, I'd have to read it to find out, but, but I do wonder, cause sometimes there's books where you can't relate to any situation, but you very much feel like you can relate to the characters themselves. So I wonder mm-hmm. if some of it's the the writing. Yeah. And I, I maybe cause it's told from the male perspective. So there's also mm. that I'm not a man and he, there's a lot of um, like body image issues that he's had throughout his whole life. And that's kind of the main theme throughout it, which I mean, I do have body image issues, but it's not been something that is so prevalent in my life like it is for him. So, mm-hmm. And it's specific to a gender, so I'd imagine that's a little difficult. Yeah. So I'm just maybe not the target audience for it. All right. But maybe somebody out there is. Mm-hmm. For sure. I uh, Last week I talked about how I, <laughs> when I got sick, I sat and read through the book club books. Now that I think about it, I don't know how I would have had time to read the books <laughs> if I hadn't gotten sick. So I guess it was a good thing. So Among the Hidden, which is the first of the Shadow Children sequence, um, it's a book of, it's a series of, I think, six six or eight books. Uh, I've been meaning to read this for years and I've never gotten around to it. This is uh, middle level, very short. I think this was 180 pages, maybe 150 pages. And it is in a dystopian future. And it's been a while since I've read dystopian. So I wasn't like not in the mood for it. Love dystopian. Um, but it's set in a dystopian future it follows this kid named luke who lives on a farm with his parents and luke is the third child however um third children have been banned from this society um by the population police so it's like it's very strict like they will if they suspect somebody has a third child they will raid the home they will take the child and you don't know exactly what's going to happen to them but you get the sense that at least the kid will die uh the parents probably will or they'll end up in you know prison for the rest of their lives because the population became way too big at some point in time. People were starving everywhere, so they had to cut down on the on the population. So that's the premise of the book, is Luke is now getting older, and he used to be able to at least play outside in the woods, but now the government has come through and they've chopped all the woods down, and they're adding this uh, richer neighborhood around the farm. And they are getting poorer and poorer because now they... Now they're losing part of their field. Uh, the government's making them kill their kill their hogs, which you get the sense of like, okay, there's a population problem. People are starving. However, you're moving in like the the people who work in the government here and they're super rich and they're making us get rid of our pigs, which would feed people. So it doesn't really make sense. But you get the idea that this is this is all there's something else going on in the background. Um, but Luke is like now no longer able to see anything he's no longer able to look out of uh his his windows the only place he can look out is upstairs where he lives in the attic behind a bunch of boxes is where his room is and he can look through like the slats that like look down to the ground but like that's all he can see all day long um until he's been staring long enough when his parents are gone at one of the new neighbor's houses and he notices some patterns and it seems like there's another kid that lives in that house so he's got to go investigate that's the setup for the series it's wonderful man it is a page turner it's so good that's awesome does it feel like scythe at all who gosh who wrote that was it that wasn't neil gaiman schusterman neil schusterman yeah i i haven't read that before but i know that you have read it does it kind of feel like that at all with the population control situation 
A bit, a bit. Um, with Scythe, I read half of it, and I got so disturbed by it that I didn't want to finish it. Um, not that like there's, I mean, you see people die, and it's. I think the 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 problem I had with it is it's it's kids as grim reapers that are forced to go take other people's lives. Now it's not like gore; it's not very gory. Um, but this one is kind of like everything's happening in the shadows. Like you don't know exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. if they get caught, but you get an idea. So it's much more appropriate. Um, like it's not going to be. It's not going to terrify a lower level kid, but like it's certainly engaging enough for kids and and adults. Um, again, like like the Skeleton Creek one that I led, read last week, I was like, I don't have to read the other books, but I kind of want to read the other books. Like this is very much leaves on a, a cliffhanger. It's going to go into um, the the second book pretty easily after this one. So I hi if you like dystopian, but you've been tired of dystopian and you haven't read this and you want something just quick just to get back into it, this is like the perfect little little way back in awesome awesome and if you were too scared by scythe then check this one out because it seems tamer exactly and i didn't give the author's name um so it's among the hidden margaret peterson haddocks your cat sounds like it's in pain that's my daughter oh yeah <laughs> it sounds like a cat meowing i'm so sorry <laughs> no it's just screaming she's not upset she's having a good time i could tell that's good that's good yeah um I don't have kids, so I wouldn't know. I cannot tell a a cat screaming from a child screaming. Yeah, the cats don't scream too much unless they get in a random fight with each other, which doesn't happen too often. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other books that you want to talk about that you finished reading? That is the only one that I finished. Okay, so we can go into what we're currently reading. And what I'm currently reading, I'm very excited about. It is called A Touch of Darkness by Scarlett St. Clair. Um, it is for the recommendation question, so actually I'll wait to explain it until we get there. But I am very excited about it. Me too, because I don't have any recommendations for the recommendation question. This one's not my wheelhouse for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I am currently listening to this is my, my audiobook, my last audiobook before I canceled my Audible subscription, and it is called It Came from the Video Aisle inside charles band's full moon entertainment studio and it's by three people it's by j david william s wilson and dewey torsten that was a mouthful here's why i'm reading it it's halloween it's almost halloween um well it's the halloween season spooky season and this is yeah spooky season and and this was a, a production company that's still around but when i was a when i was a lad growing up in the early 1990s um we had hit what was known as like the last golden age of home video um just this will be completely foreign to you <laughs> but when i was a kid um every friday night we'd end up in the in the video store and home entertainment was like massive massive at the time so you would go in and let's say jurassic park had just come out so you go into like a blockbuster and they would have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of jurassic park on vhs and they would all be gone (laughs) like you just couldn't get a new copy of it because everybody from the town went to the video store so what you would do is there were companies that made all of their money and they made a ton of money off just making direct to video films because then they wouldn't have something so you would just go comb through the the direct to video sale um 
videos and you would pull one of those. So I ended up seeing like so many of these cheesy like B horror movies when I was a kid because like the new stuff wasn't in and Full Moon was was like the biggest company around to really successfully uh, hone in on this. They would make really cheap horror movies. Um, and they were paired up with Paramount at one point. So they also had like a kids division called Moonbeam Entertainment. So I like, I got a lot of videos through that, that as well. And this is all about that production company. So I get to learn all about the classics, like the Puppet Master series, which is about marionette puppets that, um, have become animated and, and kill people and they're really creepy. Um, so you got a bunch of like killer dolls storylines going on in terms of like the kids movies. There was one called pre hysteria that I just rewatched with my kids and it's awful. It's so bad, <laughs> but I loved it when I was a kid. It's just kids um, end up in possession of these tiny dinosaurs and hilarity ensues. Awesome. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah. I actually, I do have a little recollection of like going to videos was my on friday nights we used to go to family video in town which has now since shut down i it's now a dollar general but we had a family video as well i loved family video did you prefer oh we had hollywood video too so either you could go to family video or hollywood video we didn't have a blockbuster yeah we we had a blockbuster then eventually we got a family video um and then i switched almost entirely to to family video because family video really hung on to like the like they had all the new movies but like everything else in the in the middle of the store was just like the craziest stuff you could find yeah yeah Yeah, so i liked that and then eventually they just started selling like cbd products and i was like oh it's the end of this it's the end of this era for sure yeah i thought that was super weird that is the one in my hometown right before it shut down i think it shut down like two years ago so it's pretty recent but they started selling cbd and i was like what what is going on here um but i would like i don't how old was i i don't know maybe it was like eight or nine when netflix started their thing Mm. where they would mail you copies of of movies so then we would we would just do that and now now look at where netflix is that they just did a complete 180 yeah it's crazy I, i did that too in college that was like my one um, I couldn't really afford much, but I was like, I am going to pay for this subscription to get two videos at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was wonderful because they, cause you could get anything, absolutely any obscure, like any of these films that's talked about in this book, you could get through Netflix. Even when I lived in South Dakota, like it took, when the mail takes forever to get to you, it took like an extra day. So you'd order something and two days later, you'd have a, have a video there, but it's all dead now. It's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Times are a changing. Well, that sounds changed. like that sounds like an awesome book um yeah it's cool i'm interested though because it's uh it's 20 hours long about oh. five hours in and i'm like how in the hell <laughs> that, are we gonna go through all of this that is a very long audiobook oh my gosh i'm I, very entertained thus far so i'm not bored yet i think part of it's padded out by like descriptions of each like production Mm -hmm. so i guess it'll go in depth but i mean full moon's been around since 1988 or 89 and they're still pumping out like part of their problem is they pump out way too many movies so instead of having a couple like really good ones like that was one of the big things back in the day the guy that ran the production company was like 200 movies by the year 2000 like in the early in the mid 90s and i think he succeeded but there's a lot of garbage it's the same company that brought you a uh, ginger dead man starring <laughs> Gary Busey as the ginger dead man and evil bong. That's one of their other. Oh my stuff. gosh. It's real high class, I've, high class entertainment. I've never heard of that before. Um, oh gosh, I was going to say something and then I forgot. Um, 
Ah, I lost it. I was going to say something. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can then probably go into our recommendation question for today. This is from Anonymous, who says... I'm looking for a new swoon-worthy supernatural romance. This is this is what I was born for, is to tell people about swoon-worthy supernatural romances. I, I saw the question was like, she's got this. I don't know. <laughs> I know I have nothing. Yeah, there was there was someone on our on our on our Instagram that has been liking our stuff and I was like, Hey, would you maybe ask us for a recommendation? And then that one came through and I was like, oh, I love this person so much. So maybe I've made Got a new this. friend. Um, <laughs> uh, and okay, so like I said before, I'm reading a book called A Touch of Darkness by Scarlet St. Clair. And I was hoping to have read it by by now, but did not get it. I'm, a, I'm about 100 pages into it. And I think it's like, I have it right here. It's about 300 pages long, I think. Yeah, like 340. Also, I love when... So this book has a dust jacket, but like underneath the dust jacket is just this really nice gray two-toned color um, cover. Oh, I love those. Anyway, yeah, no one cares about the cover. Anyway, so let me talk about what this... Book design, people. It's important. It's very important. (laughs) Let me talk about what this book is about so it is a retelling of the greek myth of persephone and hades and if you know me you know that i love a greek myth retelling oh my goodness and if you don't know what the myth of persephone and hades is basically persephone is the goddess of spring and hades binds her into a contract to come down to the underworld for six months of every year and that's why we have seasons because in the cold months that's when persephone is in the underworld and in the hot months that is when she is above ground give or take um this myth takes place in the current day but it is in a fictitious country called New Greece. And in this world, all of the gods are known by the humans. Like, they interact with humans. And there's, like, gossip blogs dedicated to um, what the gods are doing. And um, all the gods have these businesses where, like, I don't know how to say his name, but... Dionysus, I think is how you say that. Dionysus. Dionysus, yes. He is the god of wine, and he has a wine um, that sells out two minutes after it goes live. Aphrodite is a um, fashion designer, so things like that. Um, And Persephone is a college student in this world, and her mother is Demeter, who is the goddess of, like, growing things, and so Demeter has kept her a secret from the rest of the gods for all of her life. But eventually Demeter lets her go to New Greece, go to college, and just live a normal life because she's been very much secluded for her whole life. So uh, in the beginning of the story, she goes to this club that Hades owns, even though her mother was like, if... 
you're going to interact with any gods, let it not be Hades, because Demeter and Hades hate each other. So, of course, of <laughs> course, um, she goes to the club where Hades uh, is. And so they meet each other. They immediately have an attraction for each other. And Hades is able to bind Persephone into a contract, which I'm still waiting to see how that plays out. Um I am still currently reading it, but I expect to devour the rest of this book this week. It's so good. It's so quick to get through. It's I love it so much. Yeah. So that is the first book that I have for this question. I love taking the taking those ancient characters and putting them in modern context. Yeah, and it was super. Um, so I think Madeline Miller. She really kicked off the whole Greek. myth retelling with Cersei Cersei, yeah Yeah. and there was it was really difficult to find a read-alike for Cersei because that didn't exist at all in the publishing world and now there's just so many of them it's difficult not to come across one it'll be the next dystopian burned out on this genre yeah probably there there are a ton that I have on my shelf that I have not picked up yet so um and I think there's still a lot more that are coming out. So probably we'll, we'll end up being a burnout situation, but we will love it while we can. Um, the other one, or the second one that I wanted to recommend was Hush Hush by Becca Fitzpatrick. This is a book I read a long time ago, so details are a little bit hazy. And it's also not a new book. It came out in 2009, but maybe this person hasn't read it yet. But the, the main character, her name is Nora Gray. She's in high school. And she's real. She's like that quintessential. I've never been interested in boys, but then she meets this one guy, and his name is Patch. And Patch, I would liken him to Edward Cullen from Twilight in the way that mm. he always seems to be wherever Nora is, and he knows more about her than he actually should. And then Nora starts falling in love with him, and she finds out that he's a fallen angel. And then she gets to be in the middle of an ancient battle between immortals and the fallen angels that are here on Earth. So definitely Twilight read-alike if you haven't read that one before. Um, And then the last one that I had was A Court of Honey and Ash by Shannon Mayer and Kelly St. Clair, which I'm always interested in how people write with another person like i had just read Hmm. read that book um you feel it just below the ribs and that's written by two people it's always interesting to me how they make it everyone has their own distinct writing style but how they make it seem cohesive i don't know that's yeah i wonder the approach has to be different for different authors i would imagine Mm -hmm. um stephen king has done some stuff with peter straub before um but I don't know how they tackle those those writing duties, especially if you have two people paired up that are like write their own novels. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine it could be a situation where like like when you write a movie, like okay, this person has the idea and they can outline each chapter, and then the other person can actually write it. Mm-hmm. But if you have two like writer writers in the room um, that are writing used to writing their own novels, I'm not sure what's the power struggle there. Is yeah, there one? that'll have to be like on our on our bucket list is say find two authors who co-wrote a book and then ask them all of these questions that'll be that'll be our on our to-do list for who 
who knows when? I don't know, sometime <laughs> in the future. But anyway. Maybe we find someone who writes one chapter and then the other person writes the next chapter. <laughs> and they try to throw each other off. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. That'd be a fun yeah. writing exercise to do. It reminds me of some um, exercises we used to do in my creative writing classes mm-hmm. where we just pass a paper and write one sentence for each person. Yeah. The round robin thing. I, I mean, and it's been done before. I've talked about, I think, Yates is dead before but like that's every chapter is a different author i don't i'm not aware of anything that's like a back and forth between just two authors Mm -hmm. but anyway so um this book a court of honey and ash follows Allie, and she is a 24 year old half human orphan fae which is a lot of descriptors for one person but one day the ancestral home of the fae it's called underhill Mm. one day it just shatters and it's impossible for any fae to enter anymore and Allie is the only one who knows who shattered this world who's responsible for it so um because the fae are not able to get to their ancestral home they all start going a little bit mad and um Allie is the only one who can fix it but at the same time she used to have a romantic connection to this one um, person and they are no longer together and at the same time that Allie is trying to prove who is responsible for shattering the underworld she's being hunted by the man that she was with beforehand so that's a really interesting dynamic to go through that that one is a, is a really good one man I knew you were, this was like tailor made to you I was like I got I got nothing. <laughs> this, this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So I got super excited when I saw that come through. Yeah, I think the only like paranormal romance. I tried to read Twilight once and I made it through three chapters. Um, and then I read the first book of the Southern Vampire series by Charlene Harris. But that's old at this point. That's what True Blood's based on. I liked True Blood. So I, I suppose I would like a supernatural romance book. Mm-hmm. We'll have to find you one to read. But I guess that comes to um, the end of our episode for today. Um, So I'll go through our little spiel about asking us for recommendation questions, please. We need your help. We always try to get one recommendation question per episode where people ask us for like a a read-alike for a book that they liked um, previously or a book in a certain genre or something that um, relates to what they're going through in their life right now. You could really ask us for anything. Um, and it's super easy to ask us for something. You just have to go to our website, which is linked in the show notes, and then you click on the Get Recommendation button and then fill out the form. It will take you two seconds and it'll help us out a lot. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. And you can also follow us on Instagram and our Discord is linked in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. You could ask us for a recommendation, uh, something similar to Grey's Anatomy, the Ooh. textbook, not the TV show. <laughs> I have never watched that show, and I don't think that I want to because it seems like it would be very gory, and that's not something that I do well with. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never watched it. <laughs> I don't think it's gory. I think it's just uh, maybe a bit too melodramatic for me yeah maybe. apologies to anybody who likes Grey's Anatomy which apparently is still on which is shocking to me is it really it seems very so. old at this point I think it's still on I, w- I, w- I believe it though 
I mean, The Simpsons is still on. That mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from like 1988. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. And thanks everyone so much for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya, internet people. Thank you.